What's up, true believers, and welcome to episode 32 of the Marvel Mondays Initiative here on the Penultimate Conquest. Today's topic is our discussion of episode one and two of Hawkeye. For those of you who do not know me, my name is Eric Ginn, and I will be your friendly neighborhood host for the evening. Alongside me today is the director of operations himself, Ruben Guerrero. Ruben, how are you? Listen, it's a beautiful day, Eric. Yeah. It's a beautiful day to be alive, you know? Mm. Uh, what a crazy 24 hours. Yeah, you know what? The funny enough, Ruben, it's been a crazy 24 hours for multiple reasons. You're probably talking about Spider-Man, right? Oh, I'm absolutely talking about Spider-Man. That's all. I'm yeah, like, I got like I got Spider-Man, and you know, with college football ending like a few days ago, college coaching carousels going crazy. Sure, sure, sure. One, one of our guests knows exactly what I'm talking about, yeah. but yeah, it's been nuts. So it has been a deed a crazy 24 hours, Ruben. Okay. So I agree with you. In what universe? So, I'm sorry to cut you off. In what universe uh, did you think I was talking about football? I don't know, Ruben. You okay. kind of open. There was such an open-ended way. It's been a crazy twenty-four hours. But you know, so. I don't. I don't watch sports. But anyway, hey, I'm sorry. You could have had a fun weekend. So, I did. All right. Before we get into housekeeping, we have some wonderful guests that we'd like to introduce. And Ruben, I've been wanting to get these two on the show for a long time, and I'm excited that they're finally here. First up is the co-founder of the Point in Progress show. They are a co-host of the MC University show. And we are so happy to finally have them here. Please welcome to the show, Cyclone MC. Cyclone, how are you doing? Hello. Thank you for having me here. I, I'm very. I just while I was getting the notes together for this, I listened to y'all Spider Man episode. It was very good. Um, <laughs> just don't look up plots on IMDb, everyone. They're really bad. <laughs> like there They're needs to be so some long. Vetting. It's ridiculous. It's, it was like how they, oh man, it was, it was crazy. Uh, but we are happy to That's finally have you here. That's a reoccurring bit for our show. So I'm glad you appreciate that. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, what do y'all do? Are y'all doing uh, Hulk next, right? I, I believe so. All right. Uh, that's going to be a fun one. I, I'm ready to listen to that one. Um, next up, my friend. And, you know, this guy loves Marvel. He loves sports, you know, obviously, so we get along that way. His usage, Ruben, of the MCU through these last few months of sports as memes has gotten me through some some days. So, please, welcome to the show, Evan Sachs. Evan, how are you? I'm super excited to be here and distract myself from the anxiety of figuring out who LSU's next head coach is going to be. Because I'm, I'm so tired of it. I want them to hire someone, be the coach for 20 years, so I don't have to do this ever again. Mm -hmm. The latest rumor suggests they want a 60-year-old. So I'm let's let's not talk about that right now. Let's That's, talk about a great show on Disney Plus called Linda Cardellini, I mean Hawkeye. Oh, mm -hmm. God. Yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely going to begin to do that. But yes, oh, so excited to have you too. So let's get into a little housekeeping we got here. So if you are watching on YouTube, please consider dropping us a like and a subscription. And don't forget to hit that bell to get notifications for our new shows, such as the Penultimate Game Show, the Cross Media Show, and Anime Nation. If you're watching this on Twitch, please use some of Jeffrey Bezos' money. You have a free Prime subscription. Why not give it to us? You know, it's free. What are you going to use it for? I don't know. I was trying to think of a streamer, a famous streamer. I just completely just played. They got enough money already. All right, so you have one free sub every month. Consider giving it to us. So tomorrow 
on the Cross Media Show. We are reviewing Arcane, you know, that League of Legends show that everyone likes. Yeah. I My favorite thing saying about that was, please don't use this show to actually get into League of Legends. It's way worse than you can possibly imagine. Um, so we might be having another Point in Progress host on that tomorrow. So find out. Uh, after the show tonight, Ruben, is this is this right? No, sorry. After the show tomorrow. I, I should have fixed it. After the show tomorrow, Ruben's going to be doing another Pokemon Packs opening, because, you know, he's a child, with a chilling rain booster box and maybe a Shining Fates ET. What is ETB? What it's, is that, Ruben? It's an elite trainer box, Eric. Come on. Okay. got to get with the kids. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, and Wednesday, we are talking about the Game Awards predictions. You know, Game Awards is next week. What's going to happen? We're probably going to see another thing of Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever it's called. Uh, I don't know. We, we find out that it's canceled. Probably. And I it just won't laugh be real sad. Um, so, remember, Extra Life is still happening. You could use your support to get us to our second goal of $500. It would mean so much to us. So, if you have the ability to donate, please do. Uh, the link is somewhere on the screen. I'm po Maybe I'm pointing into it right now. Maybe yeah. it's over Ruben's face. Who knows? So, uh, all right. Dying in some Marvel news. Oh, I see he's adding more. Doing another Mario Party stream, you know? Because we don't hate each other enough on this show. So we're going to do some Mario Party. I mean, um, do you hate me? I don't hate you, Ruben. Oh, okay. Because the way you've sounded, um, it, it sounded like you hated me. It's okay, Ruben. I don't hate you. It's fine. <sighs> okay. All right. Let's talk about some news. Uh, specifically, Spidey Mania. Uh, for those of you who do not know, uh, the No Way Home tickets launched last night randomly. You know, it was supposed to be midnight, and then all the movie tickets places were like, hey, let's just do it whenever we want to. And everything was broken. Like, I had to wait two hours sometimes for just to get in line. It was insane. Uh, AMC CEO says its traffic was highest it's ever been. And, you know, we've had like, you know, some Star Wars movies and Endgame, so that's wild. Um, some scalpers are even selling them for $25,000. It just goes to show you, Eric, how much people want Tobey Maguire back in the Spidey suit. I, I'm telling you, it's... Uh, oh, man, I get chills just thinking about it when he shows up. Um, <laughs> so did, did anyone cop their tickets today? I got mine around like 3 o'clock this afternoon. So... I got mine. Ruben, start with you. I had a great experience. <laughs> oh, let's, let's hear it. Let's hear it, Sly. Tell me about your experience. I relaxed all day. I checked around noon. It was available. I got easy, good seats. No problems. This is the perks of living in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> That's true. Just saying. <laughs> Evan, did you get your Spider-Man tickets? I was trying last night when the drop happened and Fandango was looking like it was working, but not really. So I just said, surely there will be some in the morning. And I went to bed and then around like 5.30 a.m. I like woke up. It's not like when I wake up, I just happened to uh, like Your wake up and be like, you tingling. know what? Yeah, I was like, let me check. And I got them. No problem. But pretty neat. I don't know if everywhere is doing this. Normally, like the first showings are 6 or 7 p.m. on Thursday. Baton Rouge, they have 3 p.m. showings on Thursday. Yeah, I, I, I got like, it. Yeah. yeah, and I, I'm guessing that's like there's going to be so much demand. They're adding as many showings as possible. I think that's in exactly a few what it in is. a few years, movies will open on like Tuesdays at 
<laughs> 10 a.m. But yeah. I'm cool with it. My girlfriend is off work on Thursdays, so it works perfectly. So I, it's pretty just, smooth. It's wild. You know, it's it's wild that, you know, we've had end game and stuff. And I know, Ruben, you were saying like up in New York, like tickets up there. It took a while for end game. If it's if it's two hours down here, I had to wait like that's, four hours. I'm just saying, like for this one or end game for this. Okay, do you realize you're where Spider-Man's from? Okay, so obviously it's gonna be a little bit longer. But do you so understand? Down- I was, I, I was as soon as I saw the link in my email, I had, I, I was in line for thirty minutes. I, okay. I was good to go. All right. Thirty minutes turned into four hours. Hey, you got your tickets. Some people don't. I also got my NFT. Quit, quit being a JF, uh, JF. What's that say? Quit being a JFK. Oh wow. oh wow i don't know if i want to be a jfk oh man know? uh anyway so yeah i got my tickets so very excited like i this is insane the hype around this movie uh i just oh man i can't and then you know we get the batman in three months too so it's just like this nice four month period where it's just like wow my two favorite characters getting very anticipated movies uh speaking of spider-man amy pascal this morning you know, probably with all the news that this is probably the most on-demand movie in a long time, uh, says that the partnership with Marvel will continue post No Way Home, and Holland could be back for a potential new trilogy. So, uh, three more movies, which would give him, you know, six solo movies. No one in the MCU has that yet. So that's interesting. Um, I, I, the the uh, article I read said that he will be coming back for three more. Okay. It, uh, it's up in the air because I know Marvel Studios still said, oh, we got nothing planned. So I think Amy just said that this morning, like uh, striking while the iron's hot. I think Amy just wanted to cover her ass and make sure that she didn't get fired. Probably. All right. So curious, what what do you think if we get a new trilogy of Spider-Man movies, what are we doing, Ruben? Honestly, Eric, I don't even know anymore. Uh, we could do uh, essentially Spider-Verse, uh, I guess, come to life which is already coming to life with this movie but like an actual spider-verse we can have two spider-men we could this can turn into the spider-man ps4 game it could it could be my prediction yeah you you get an older college age peter yeah who knows Get a younger Miles who looks up to him, and that's something you know. Peter in these movies has always been the one who looks up to the other Avengers, and I think him having to grapple with being a role model himself would be an interesting storyline and just something fresh. And I mean, I guess it's not fresh if everyone's played those games, but for the mo- for general audiences, that would be something we haven't seen with Spider-Man. Which I feel like every time Marvel. Every one of the MCU Spider-Mans has tried to say, we've seen Spider-Man so many times. What can we do that's different? Homecoming focused so much more on being in school, far from home, took him out of New York. This one is going interdimensional. And so I think him being a mentor is uh, the way you make it new and fresh. Right. I, that's well put right there. Uh, Sly, what do, you, what do you think? What do you think is going to... What would you like to see in the new trilogy? I I agree. I think that if they follow the game story, that that would be a great development for that character. Uh, but my one request is my favorite character from those games is Haley. 
and I would love to see her in live action. Oh, that would incredible. make my life. Absolutely. She is one of the best characters of the game, so I I agree. Uh, yeah, let's bring Miles. Let's just let's just do it. I also um, want to reference. Uh, I'm sorry, Eric. Does anybody know how old Miles is in the MCU? I know we get like the first hint of him in um, Homecoming. Does anybody remember? It's a nephew. He didn't say an age or anything. Okay. So he could be like ten, or something Post like blip that. Post blip or he could be pre young. What did you say? I said post-blip or pre-blip. I, I don't know. That that opens up a whole thing of logistics I don't want to think about right now because I'm ready to get to Hawkeye. <laughs> All right. We'll do this after. <laughs> after. Um, Spider-Man. Last bit of note here. Hawkeye producer Trin Tran, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, stated in an interview that Clint Barton has a future in the MCU after the show. So do we want this? Do we want Clint in the MCU anymore? Or is it like a let's get him out into the sunset let's let's out with the old in with the new ruben what do you think i honestly think that uh he still will be in the mcu but it'll be uh, like we've said before he'll probably be training the young avengers mm. okay bye what do you think i i know it's a contrasting perspective but i really don't appreciate the death clint how they're like doing that here so i'm fine with him going off retiring he's fine we don't need him here right now okay all right Evan, what do you think i mean depending on how this ends i don't know where else you do take him mm-hmm. unless i mean do you go like i think it's past time now but like exploring more of him as ronin i think would be interesting but i think marvel is trying to move on from everything now is post blip and i think they want to stay that way but i think just uh that scene was really cool and i think exploring those times a little bit more would be interesting but i feel like marvel is kind of like that seems a little been there done that even though it would be something new so and and i mean it would be pg-13 which makes it less interesting because i think that's what was cool about that character is how uh how gruesome and violent that was compared to everything else so I honestly have no idea what he could do. So, we'll see. All right. Um, That's all the news we got. So, it is time to jump in and, you know, excuse the pun here. Take aim, Ruben, at the first two episodes of Hawkeye. I saw you groan a little bit right there, Ruben. It's okay. I did my job. No, I just wanted to see if you wanted to do the icebreakers first before we get Oh, that's true. I totally forgot about the icebreakers. We have guests again on the show. We haven't had that in quite a while. Yeah. (laughs) So, all right, uh, you two. We have some icebreakers to ask you guys before we get into this. So, Sly, I'm going to start with you. What is your favorite Marvel movie? My favorite is Captain Marvel. Okay. All right. I I know it, many people don't like that movie, but uh, when I first started earlier this year, I started diving into Marvel. That was the first movie that I actually fell in love with. And so it's, you know, held number one throughout my full marvel journey and so that that movie has a special place in my heart so yeah nice your favorite movie is your favorite movie doesn't matter what anyone else says so evan what about you which favorite marvel movie 
not gonna. I mean, Endgame and Infinity War are my top two, but that's like everyone's favorite, so mm. I, I'm not gonna do those. I would say my number three, which for the sake of this would be my favorite, would be the first Iron Man, and I think a lot of that is still just memories of seeing it for the first time, which was in theaters in 2008, and I remember like back then you had the uh, Raimi Spider-Man movies and the Fantastic Four movies, and something about this movie just felt so different tonally in what they were trying to do, you know, like. They made a superhero who was a douchebag. We we had never seen that before. I thought that was so cool, you know, to see him. And, like, I think I don't appreciate what a good movie it is, just not in terms of its world building, but just being a movie, you know? You took this character and you stuck him in a cave for the first 30 minutes. He doesn't even put on a, the suit, the actual suit, until, like, an hour in. I just think on so many levels it shouldn't work as well as it does, but... It holds up just as well every time. So that's one that I would say, besides uh, the obvious ones, that's my number one. Yeah, that That's a respectable answer. I know Iron Man. Without Iron Man 1, you know, we wouldn't have all this. Yeah. So uh, you got to respect it. All right, so second question. Um, so I'm going to go back to you. Favorite Marvel character? Oh, God. <laughs> That's a hard one for me. I there's so many interesting different characters that like I'm so new to like the fan experience for all of this. Um who's my favorite? I would say <laughs> honestly, uh probably Darcy is my favorite. She's just so funny, and I really enjoyed WandaVision, and that was, like, my first real experience with this world, and so, yeah, I just love her so much. That's a great answer. I'm going to give you another high. That's a great answer. I love Darcy. (laughs) We love Darcy on this show, right, Ruben? Uh, I'm sorry. I would say my second is probably Sousa. Which I know is another out there answer. <laughs> hey, original, original answers. Not many people, not many people go for those. So, um, gotta respect that as well. All right, Evan, what about you? Favorite Marvel character? Sly. I'm gonna go with a comedic sidekick character. It's Korg. I was thinking about all the all the movies. Who's my favorite? And I'm like, no, it's just Korg. Yes. It's just Korg. That I one love scene. Korg. Even if it was just that one scene where they're in the little. Circle. Infinity circle yeah. room. He might have been my favorite, but yeah, easy answer. Freaky when I stop overthinking it, it's a very easy answer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, got two more questions here. Uh, Slide, what is your favorite Marvel moment? I'll just go in the MCU. Which favorite MCU moment? Can I be second for this one? I need okay. to think of about course, that. Of course. Evan, what's your, what's your favorite Marvel moment? Gonna just like the favorite movie, I'm gonna say not the obvious. Everyone teaming up in Endgame. I'm gonna say, also like my first answer. I'm gonna say the end of Iron Man one when he says I am Iron Man because again, as a kid, that just blew my mind. Like he just told the world his secret identity. Yeah. And then they, and then they cut the credits and play the song Iron Man. Oh come on, because that song had been in all the trailers and marketing, and then wasn't in the movie until the very end, and that just blew my mind. But seeing that in the theaters as a kid, Man, he I, he did the biggest no no for every superhero, and it was awesome. Yep. All right, Sly, coming back to you. 
I the first one that popped into my head is the sun or the sunrise from Black Panther. That was just so emotional and impactful. And that's like the first thing that pops into my head. So I'm going to say that. That's a good answer. There we got some family feud stuff here. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. (laughs) So, all right. Last question. Evan was the one who actually brought this question to me and I forgot to ask it when (laughs) we, when he told me it was during Loki. So Evan, would you date a variant of yourself? Absolutely not. I would hate. I would hate that person. I would be staring. I'd be like, "Oh my god, I do that. I act like that. Oh no way. Absolutely not." Yeah, <laughs> it has nothing to do with one hundred percent. Same. Just, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> All right, Ruben. I forgot. Would you date a variant of yourself? Listen, I just feel like if I were to, it would be the complete opposite of how I am. I'm very anxious, so like I would It'd be really depressed. No, 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 no. What? How do you get the opposite I'm, of anxious? I'm just, I'm just picking a. I'm just picking a variant. No, 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 no. I, I, the opposite of anxious would be like playing it cool, and I would just like it would get under my skin. So I'm gonna have to say no as well. Uh, I'm the worst. All right. So thank you, you Eric. For... You, Eric, you have to answer that one. Oh yes. Um. Let's see. Uh, I think I would. I think uh, the variation Perfect. hopefully be a little different, uh, but um, yeah, true. They are called variants. Yeah. Well, That's maybe this exactly one. Uh, I know I won't date the variant of me, Ruben. That's a Falcons fan, so that's uh, that's the where you draw the that's, line. That's, that's the deal breaker right there. <laughs> wow. like, no, I can't move past this. I can't move past this. Wow. I'm sorry. I could have multi million dollars. Like, nope, can't do it. Line wow. in the sand. That's All crazy. Right. So thank y'all for answering these questions. It's time to get actually into Hawkeye here. Well, we're all here to talk about, but apparently we got some thoughts by Christian we got to play. Right, Ruben? Oh, I was going to play that after we all give. All right. So, Ruben, what are your initial thoughts of the first two episodes? Listen, this show has very, I don't know how to put this into words, I guess. It surprised me. You know, I wasn't expecting to fall in love with these characters already. You know, mm-hmm. WandaVision took a couple episodes to figure out what the hell was going on. Loki, I was bored for most of it up until the very end. And then Hawkeye. Captain uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I was like, I'm all in. You know, buddy cop show. That's all I want in the MCU. But this show, I, I was like, do we really need this? Like, why can't they just save this for a movie? But I'm kind of glad that they didn't. Um, I kind of feel like I already know the plot of the show based off of these two, like, how it's going to end. But I'm okay with that. You know, it's New York. Christmas time. I, I'm, I'm fine with it. I will say, Evan, this show needs a little more Linda. That's all it's missing. There are four episodes left. We don't know what's promised. Let's hope. Let's hope. So it has time to redeem itself. Yeah. I saw this on Twitter and I figured we'll just get it and go into it. Ruben, does this show do a good job of showing Christmas time in New York so far? I mean, no. They're LARPing in Central Park. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> why would you show us LARPing in Central Park? 
So, because I, I see that uh, Evan has some pretty anti-New York thoughts. Yeah, so, I saw that. And yeah. Evan, oh, I got my eye on you. Jeez. Right. <laughs> so, we'll get into those. Uh, Sly, what did you think of the uh, initial first two episodes? I've already fallen in love with Alequa Cox. And I knew that was going to happen, but I just love her so much. I was so excited to see more. I was so excited. Uh, Echo was the first comic character that whose story I read like all the way through. So I love the character. I'm so excited to see deaf plus indigenous actor. It's just amazing. I'm so excited to see what they do with her. So that's they do most tease. of my thoughts. <laughs> they, they do tease uh, tease uh, her really well because I'm just like, okay, what, what are we going to do here? Yeah. It's red. So like Daredevil, Ruben, like Daredevil. So uh, Evan, what did you, uh, you think of the two, first two episodes? Just initial thoughts. Um, yeah, overall, I really liked it. Um, Haley Steinfeld, uh, burgeoning Gen Z icon, was fantastic, of course. She's carrying <laughs> it so far. Um, Jeremy Renner, I thought, uh, I, I'm interested. Like, he looks, I can't tell if he's playing Clint Barton really well as being tired and not wanting to be there, or if Jeremy Renner is just over this character and doesn't really want to be in Marvel movies anymore. <laughs> like, I, I kind of blends the line, you know? I'm like... I can't tell if this is a great performance or if he's mailing it in. I guess it works. <laughs> Convenient that the script had him kind of tired of this shit. So, but overall, yeah, Haley Steinfeld was great. Um, I, I like the uh, setting. It. We'll get more into it with the plot. I think seems a little obvious where they're going with some things, but maybe that's misdirection. So I don't know. But oh, but all right. So real quick on New York. Since it is, this was my first thought from, like, the very first shot. I'm like, look, I thought we were making great progress. We had Ant-Man and Chang-Chi from San Francisco. We had Black Panther from Wakanda. We had all these space movies. But once again, we're back with every single freaking superhero being from New York. I get it. That's where Stan Lee was from. But, like, come on. Can we switch it up a little bit? I'm not a comics person. There's Kate Bishop from there in the comics. Yes, but she moves so. to the West Coast for West Coast Avengers. Okay. So hopefully we'll see her like go to LA or whatever soon. But yeah, she's from there. Absolutely. Like every Gen Z icon moving out West <laughs> to become an influencer <laughs> is Kate Bishop's future. Wow. But, over, but overall, New York, I'm just like, oh, here we go. And then at the beginning, I was like, all right, she needs to see Hawkeye to have her inspiration. Fine, I get that. The other part that really I was like, get out of here, was when they're at the dinner, waiter is like, no, it, no, we got it. We got it. We covered. And I'm like, of course, he's an Avenger. He saved the universe. And he doesn't say, you saved the universe. He says, you saved our city. I'm like, is this dude really still talking about that Battle of New York 10 years ago after the blip? Listen, like, Evan... I'm sorry, but like you don't understand. New York is just like one big giant community, okay? You think Louisiana is uh, again, Eric, and I'm sorry, Evan, no offense. Let's, but let's like you guys got nothing on us, all right? In terms of what? In terms of community. We're strong, all right? 
We uh, saved cool. Spider-Man not once but twice. Okay. You saved Spider-Man. Yeah. If you recall, the okay. Raimi, we saved them from uh, being killed by Doc Ock. You know. And oh, that was you on that subway. I mean, I was there. <laughs> I was there. Okay. okay. I didn't fucking spill the beans on who Peter Parker they was. They saved him. Okay. Doc Ock, like, immediately, like, Listen, departed the sea of New Yorkers. You want to get to Spider-Man, you got to get to, you got to get through us. Okay. They did. Yeah, pretty you know, easily. I heard Spider-Man's a Jets fan. Oh, he's fucking right here. No. He's right here. Oh, no. my God. No. Get him out of oh, there. Fuck. That line from the waiter, I just thought was so ridiculous. Like, he saved the universe, but he saved New York. That's more important, you know? This fucking guy, he saved New York. I don't want to take it to dark places. I'm just going to leave it at, at that, okay? All right. Um, that's fine. <laughs> so, I I really like the first two episodes. I thought the second episode was definitely stronger than the first episode. We'll get into some stuff in here in the first episode. It didn't like that much. But overall, I think it's a strong start to the show. It's a shame it's only six episodes, but we'll see how we get there. So, it's time to hear Christian's thoughts, Ruben. Okay. Hey, Panconk crew, it's me, your favorite Mexican from Portland, Christian. Here with my one-minute review of Hawkeye episodes one and two. What up? We made it. Um, I like it so far. There's a real focus on characters that we really haven't gotten in the MCU in a minute, so... I like that. Um, I think the MCU is probably at its best when it's establishing characters or fleshing out ones we already exist, uh, ones that are existing. Um, not that action action sequences aren't not good, but I think the show's or MCU is at its best when it's supplementary to dialogue. Um, I love context. So the show opening with young Kate in 2012, I thought was awesome because we got the everyday perspective. We don't get enough of that in the MCU. Um, of course, Haley Steinfeld, great. She's likable, she's the underdog, and uh, she has great rapport with Hawkeye. Okay, speaking of Hawkeye, yes, uh, in my opinion, what makes this show so meaningful is that Clint just wants to go home and see his, and be with his kids and his wife. That's awesome. We spend time seeing what like his relationship looks like with his kids, and that, that rocks. Um, I hope the hearing impairment uh, subplot in some way becomes more important, uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I like the dynamic surrounding him, so I hope we get more of that. I'm a little trepidatious for the rest of the show. I know bigger players are coming in uh, the next four episodes. Um, yeah, but if they can keep it focused, I think it'd be very good. Excited to hear your thoughts. Um, oh, shout out to the Katniss Everdeen joke. thought that was pretty funny. Hey, Pen Conk. Okay. There you go. All right. Um, talked about a good uh, stepping off point. Did we like the use of the Battle of New York as a stepping stone for... How Kate gets to where she is. Sly, I'm gonna start with you first. Did you did you enjoy it? Yeah, I appreciated having the different perspectives for that event. Like we obviously see it through the like hero's perspective, typically, but seeing more like the ground level everyday person perspective. Penthouse level. That is just yeah, well, yeah, but <laughs> it was different enough that it felt uh, more human, I guess. Yeah, I agree with you there. It's just, what do you do when you see that? I know, like, we see all these movies, sci-fi and everything, like, oh, Valens came down, sure, whatever, here's a beer. You know, they're attacking your home. Obviously, it's going to be a bit hectic. So I guess, like, you know, seeing someone step up 
uh, was really inspirational to Kate, especially at a time she was really scared. So I'm sure that did have a good effect on her, and it did. So Evan, did you like the Battle of New York as a uh, plot usage here? I'm going to be a hater again. This is, what, the fourth time <laughs> we've seen the Battle of New York? Like, come on. They had other adventures, didn't they? And, and But mm, yeah. when I was thinking about it today, there's one change that I think would have made it a lot cooler for me. When you started, it, it with the first shot is New York, and it says 2012, and me being a nerd, I'm like, we're going to see the Battle of New York again. Like, you know, like, they kind of telegraphed it. What I was thinking today, I think it would have been so cool if there was no 2012 time card, and you jump in to New York, and I would have seen a young Kate and be like, oh, we're going to learn about her backstory with her parents. And, like, you hear that whoosh outside? Like, I would not have assumed we were going to see the Battle of New York if they hadn't put the year on there. But I think if wouldn't have telegraphed it, and I, they didn't telegraph it to people who aren't insane, obsessive people like us, but <laughs> to, like, like casual audiences. But I think they didn't say it at all. That would have been a really cool reveal that it's happening outside. Mm-hmm. Overall, when it started, I was like, okay, we're going to see the Battle of New York again. But I did think the alternate angle of that one Hawkeye shot they do over and over, him jumping off the building, seeing, like, that from the other angle, that was pretty cool with her in the background. Seeing it non-slow motion. Yeah. I also, I have two quick comments about the dad. I hope I'm not jumping ahead, but I want to get into it. (laughs) First of all, all, that fucking dude ain't dead. We did not even see a hint of a body We've all seen enough movies. That dude isn't dead. You, if you don't see the death happen in a movie, he's not dead. And if it's a Fast and Furious movie, even if you see the death happen, they might not be dead. <laughs> They'll Learn, be brought back that much. So That was the first thing I want to say about him. I will be shocked if he does not return because they literally did not show him dying at all. They showed rubble and then yep. running away. The thing I want to say about him, does anybody know this actor is? Brian Darcy. Yes! Hey, Sly. Can we please. talk about that? Hey, Sly, I'm sure you know based on your reaction. This man was yes. man was nominated for a Tony for a lead in a musical. Sly, tell our friend here what that musical was. Was it know. Shrek? Erica Rubin. Yes. This it's man Shrek was Shrek. The musical. Broadway. He's now in the MCU. I didn't know if that was his only nomination, but yeah. <laughs> I was looking at he it earlier. The that is. Trek. And he was the first um, king uh, for Hamilton. Yes, he was Before briefly, it went to yes. Broadway. All right. Interesting. That's, um, that is other, an interesting comment. I, I saw it and I, I had seen like the cast list before and forgotten about it but then the movie I was like I was like it's Shrek I, I don't know any of the songs of Shrek but my 12 year old cousin was in a junior production of Shrek the musical over the summer that was very good and I'm assuming it's the same it's a song great so, musical the, the, the production I saw was great I'm sure the Broadway one is also great considering he was nominated and now has a Hollywood career but <laughs> I wanted to shout that out there, that a canon version of Shrek is in the MCU. It's definitely not dead. Maybe that's why they're in this penthouse, is because of all the showings of Shrek. He got super popular. That's why that's they can afford such luxury. 
sold the swamp and said, I got to go be a family man now. Maybe he's so, not really dead, and maybe he's the reason why we got a Captain Rogers musical. Yeah, so, like, apparently, the Shrek the musical, he was on Broadway. That was on Broadway from 2008 to 2009. So it's 2012. So it's possible. Yeah. Funny, yeah, that, yeah, he was living high at this time. So, although um, it did say that. The much, sorry, go uh, ahead. The much darker role that he was in was he was the dad in 13 Reasons Why. Oh, yeah. Also, I was going to say, if he, he was. Who I didn't see season two, but I heard people talk about it. Apparently, he walked out and remarried. So, not Oof. cool, Shrek. Oof. That was a very shitty thing to do. <laughs> anyway, that's that's, that's those are all my comments on the dad. That's for that's like great. for three minutes of screen time. I we have a lot to say about him. Clearly, <laughs> we've been talking about him longer than he was in the show so far. Probably, yeah, that's true. Um, I I made the same comment about not him not being dead. I think there's a possibility that they're going to reverse the characters from the comics. Mm -hmm. Because if you know that the comics, the mom dies and then is back later. So I'm thinking there's a possibility they're just going to switch those storylines. And I think that'd be interesting. I don't know if they're going to like commit to that, but we'll see. Because Matt Fraction is a consultant on yeah, the show. Yeah, I saw that. So well. it may that may happen indeed. Um, so I thought that out of New York usage was good for the time, but I think Evan made a good strong point there. Not seeing the 2012, that would have probably hit harder for me. Um, I have here, I mean, we've all talked about her. Haley Steinfeld right out of the gate is just so fun as Kate. And the first just scene of her trying to hit the bell. But because we're going to talk about her later, I want to, I just want to get to the Rogers musical because we got to. It's, it's, we, we got to get to it. So, you know, in the trailers for this, this was one of the most talked about things for the show was there's a Rogers musical. Oh my God, we need to see it. So, Interesting. I like how they use this, you know, obviously silly retelling of the Battle of New York to really go into Clint's trauma and PTSD that he's got. So when he sees Nat, the actress for Nat, he just goes like fizzles out and everything. And then Marvel will be getting my therapy bill because when he saw that little girl dressed as Nat, I'm like, ah, you're killing me right now. Oh my God. Um, and, you know, go into the bathroom. Like, what do you do as an Avenger when you see people write on the urinal like Thanos was right? Like, what the fuck, man? Oh my That's God. fucked up. I saw that and I was like, wow, they went there. <laughs> it's like, what do you do? Like, you fought to bring all these people back and all, oh, just, oh. Like, because it was just, for me, that was the most emotional part of this whole first episode was, you know, during this silly musical, Clint's going through so much. Um, and so Ruben, what, what were your thoughts on the musical? Just whatever you want to talk about really with it. Honestly, I, I hope, uh, they pull a Hamilton and just release the whole thing. Like as if it was a real musical, just put it on Disney plus, you know, you already technically have it. So just, just, just put it on Disney plus. I, I would love to see that. Um, yeah, the, the whole thing, it, it's funny that you said that the first episode was, uh, didn't hit as hard as the second episode did for you. This was very like emotional, emotionally heavy for me. Like poor Clint, 
and he walks out and his daughter's just like daddy we you, we just walked out halfway through he's like i already know how it ends sweetie <laughs> like fuck jesus christ but yeah they i am perfect you know way to give us uh you know here's what's happening with clinton now uh here's where he's at and all that stuff i i really appreciated it um uh Evan, let's go to you what, what did you think of the rogers musical just section I liked it. Um, I swear I like these episodes, but I realize I have like nothing written down but small little gripes and my little gripe here is those kids are way too well behaved sitting in the musical. Like even <laughs> if the songs are catchy, like musicals are long and those kids are just sitting there like eyes glued to it, like, no. Um maybe this is the opening number and they just got there and are fascinated, but overall I was like those if, kids are way too good. If this is the Belinda opening Cardellini number, is the greatest mother ever, which I would buy. That, that's a reasonable explanation. I really hope that's not the opening number. That's like we had a lot of discussion about what the timing was for that song yeah. <laughs> yesterday. I think it they're was... like halfway through. You know, like right before it intermission. Was... It had to be before intermission. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because it was way too empty for mm. that to be intermission. But yeah, we discussed that like yesterday. It's got, it's got to be towards the beginning because you know they're probably going to go into Winter Soldier stuff and when he's on the run, and then with a beer. The number was World War Two. I bet. Yeah, yeah. I, I figured they're they're like giving an introduction about like who Steve Rogers is. And they did stuff. put that song on Spotify and everywhere. Like the actual song they sing, oh, it is sweet. on Spotify. Okay. So, it's four um, minutes long. And then uh, one of the guys singing was the one of the main dudes from Rent. I thought that was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Adam uh, Pascal. He was involved. Yeah. He was on stage as well. I thought that was pretty recognize them, but I'm like, I know these are legit Broadway dudes because mm-hmm. Marvel does, and I know that later in the episode that that was a legit auctioneer there. Like mm-hmm. Marvel has learned, like just get the people who know this stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, um, oh wait, I have one more thing I wanted to mm-hmm. say about this scene. Um, I just realized this: how earlier I was complaining about how the waiter was more excited that Hawkeye was the guy from the Battle of New York and not the guy who saved the universe. Mm-hmm. Remember this scene with the bathroom? New Yorkers probably love Thanos. You know, they were like, "Oh, this fucking guy! He got rid of half these people." I'm gonna stop you right there. He got rid of all the Mets fans. No, no, no. We don't have to watch the Mets finish fourth in division anymore. I think that's the exact opposite. Because if that's the case, if you get rid of half of New York, those subway fares are going up, buddy. All right, that two (laughs) dollar slice of pizza is not gonna cost you four. Bing bong, just none of that anymore, Ruben. So. We don't get any just of that. But there is still more. <laughs> There's still going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> At least one New Yorker likes Thanos. I mean, surely more. This of is them. true. This is true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, and I do like uh, what was mentioned earlier. I do like to focus on the kids here, especially the daughter, you know, because that, that was the first kid who he saw disappear at the time. So favorite. I do. Yeah, I do like that there's the focus on her because I didn't really care about the kid, the other two boys. I was like, okay, all right, cool. Let's focus on the relationship between Clint and his daughter because that was the most interesting. I so forget far. he had somebody older than the girl. 
The oldest? <laughs> I totally <laughs> forgot about him. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the end game opening now because I remember end game... her, the little one. Or yeah. you throw in the baseball. And she was practicing. Yeah, yeah, this is true. But this is true. Well, I guess I guess you need to go back to Age of Ultron to look closely at was the boy or the girl or girl older. I never really paid attention to that. I yeah. guess you know. Yeah. I think that they can't decide how many kids he has and how old they are. It feels like it varies every time. That sounds about right. But yeah, the girl has classic eldest daughter syndrome and you see that over and over again here it's like they're trying to show he's a good dad or whatever but like the way they interact is just so awkward i just i didn't feel connected to that and that's still joe russo's daughter is playing hawkeye's kid i think still yeah, yeah. so i had a question about this uh, mm. if we remember from uh, endgame those two kids that come up to Hulk to get mm -hmm. his autograph. Is she not the same kid? So no. So that's, yeah, I remember this. That is another look... one of his daughters. Who okay. Looks just like his other I was daughter just going to say, at the beginning. <laughs> okay. All right. Like, man, let someone else's fucking kids cameo. I was going to say, because You're they look people. very similar. <laughs> uh, I have a note here. It took way too long, but at the 21 minute and six second mark, we finally get Linda Cardinelli in the show. Finally. And it's about time. Can we just get I was really scared that they were split because like, oh, he's mommy and stuff. And like talking to her, I'm like, oh my God, are they split right now? I wasn't was, in the trailers. Yeah. I was terrified. It's like, oh no, 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 no. And of course, as I'm watching Tessa says, oh no, clearly they're still together. I'm like, well, they did it terribly. Yeah. I was thinking they were split. Oh, I didn't need that right now. So uh, not was... in this case, but I'm sure there were some post blip problems with some people moving on, some mm -hmm. people. Luckily, we avoided it here, but that that would be an interesting Disney Plus show. Split marriage story. You know, you came back and you had a new man. What am I? What about me? You know, blip divorces. Yeah. That's the show you uh, want. Mm -hmm. And it's it's just uh, each episode is two different uh, well two different characters. Yeah, I had to move it's, on. It's I was disintegrated. Exactly. Yeah. That's literally the whole story it's for each episode. No, I have. This is a little off topic. I have one super dark thought regarding the blip, and then we'll get back to Hawkeye. I promise. I'm like, there's at least one person who definitely was so depressed. After the blip, that they took their own life. Did they come back when Hulk snapped? I feel like Hulk should make an exception for them. Again, this is something that could be explored. <laughs> he won't allow it. That is a question. I'm sorry, I didn't catch that first part. What was it? Well, there were surely some people that survived the blip, but had so much survivor's guilt that they took their own lives and are no oh. longer with us. Did mm. they come back? You I don't know? think so. No, because they wouldn't have gotten snapped. And yeah. That fucking sucks for the people who came back and said, where's my husband? And they're like, oh, he was so sad with it. Well, I, you know. Yeah. I they think. still had some work to do. Not I everyone didn't think logistics. Well, I, I would say. Fireworks like Wakanda. I would say, if I remember correctly, the line to Hulk is, just remember, everybody who, who vanished that moment comes back. 
I, I remember like Kevin Feige talking about what about people in planes when the pilot disappeared and he was like they come back so I think he makes exceptions. I mean they yeah. come back but they're still in that plane, you know. Hey, well the pilot's back too, so they're all good. Uh, well, this is true. Yeah. And There's an NBC love, show about. I love this. how we also have two different variations of what the blip did for people. We got WandaVision's super serious one, and we got Spider-Man's The Band is right back in the middle of the court. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's good. Um, so oh, uh, I have a thing here, and I'm just going to tie it in with the next episode with Kate here. Did we feel as though that Kate was just a little too aggressive on things? Like, you know, she, she could do bow and arrow, and she knows martial arts, and now she's like, I have to lead this murder investigation. I have to I have to be super hardcore into this. I'm gonna question everything. You're lying to me, stepfather. I don't lie. My question is, would you ask that if she was a man? No, I wouldn't. I, I seriously, anyone would just be okay. You you know how to do bow and arrow, and you know how to fight. Okay, does this mean you have to go around and try to solve everything on your own? I, it's just it's strange. I just. I like Kate Bishop, but that was the one part where she was just, I don't know. I don't know. It's strange. I'm going to go with. I'm going to rethink this now. I'm going to shut my camera off real quick and think about this. Don't shut off the camera. Don't shut off the camera. Okay. It's going to ruin the whole thing. Anyway, I think um, that it's more of along the lines of like, she wants to make sure that she can prove herself to Hawkeye. Like, she is capable of doing the job that they all do. You know, that the Avengers do. So, she is... Yeah, she's getting a little intense, but, like, she's also seen a lot of shit that, like, what the hell is... Stuff's not adding up. Again, you see a, a very, very black market auction happening, and your, your soon-to-be stepfather's there with his cousin. You don't know what to think, you know? So he's definitely hiding something. Uh, you're right. I take it back. I take it back. I didn't even think about that. I think also building on that, like when she is an archery and martial arts expert to some degree, she's like conquered every challenge she's faced. And now she's like hungry to do something more and put those skills to use. You know, it's like, it's like training for a marathon and then not actually running it and just sitting in your basement. You know, she wants to go out and skills to use and, like German said, she idolizes Hawkeye. She's like, well, he does superhero business. I'm going to go too. I, th- I think it, it fits her character. And like, okay. I think that whole bell tower scene, that's just, you know, being a daredevil. You know, she just, she, she needs that adrenaline rush, you know, and this is it, you know. Competitions don't do it for her anymore. She needs something real. She's tired of being first. You yeah. Know. I, I have two thoughts about this. And one of my biggest problems with the show so far is that they set it up as like a mentor-mentee relationship and not like equals like we see with Fraction, his comics. So that like changes their like dynamics, right? But... At the same time, we see her character trying to, like, establish herself, but also seeing, like, hints about her, like, future, like, becoming a PI. And I think that's really interesting to see, like, they're trying to, like, establish that 
while also like setting up who she is as a character um and so that's interesting but i don't know those are good points right there i didn't didn't even think about i haven't read the fraction run in a long time so it's it's been a sec um so speaking of ronan this is the last thing we'll talk about like mainly episode one how traumatic must it have been to see the ronan outfit on the news like in front of your kids like especially like to be reminded of the darkest moment of your life pretty much and your kids are right there and like oh dad look that person's so cool it's like oh my god a ninja on tv additionally how does the wife know about that suit i feel like he told her everything what is her like government like clearance level? <laughs> I don't think she has any. I just feel like well, he's retired, so like these are my questions. This is very she's Linda Carnelli. She uses her. Um, she's got the highest skills. clearance. She knows yeah. everything. She's got the highest clearance. She's above the. President. She was the one that built that farm for them, huh? Mm-hmm. So she knows. She knows a bit. Yeah. Um. So. I next point I want to get to like going over to episode two, uh, Evan, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, I think it'd be interesting to talk about is Jeremy Renner acting well, or is he really just tired of this shit? One of them. And I can't tell. And I don't think we have to tell because I think especially like the LARPing sequence in particular, like it works perfectly. Cause I think that is exactly how Hawkeye would act, but He's he's just so low energy, you know. But and like, I can't tell the difference. But I think it works for what the writers and director were looking for. Uh, that's a good that's a good thought. Uh, Sly, what about you? Do you do you think he's doing a good job here, or? I think he's doing a good job for what they asked of him, okay. but. I don't appreciate what they're asking, if that makes sense. Uh, like, yeah, he's go into a grumpy bit and upset about everything and not happy to be there. And I get that, but I just, I don't know. That character, in my experience, is typically just so comedic and funny and enjoyable, um, like, reading experience. But... And also, I have so many problems with his representation of deafness. But that's another point. So I think, like, he's doing a good job, like, acting. Like, he doesn't want to be there. And I don't know if it's because that's what he's feeling or not. But, (laughs) yeah, I think that's, like, what they were, like, going for with that story. Uh, You mentioned that earlier, and I did... uh... Oh, Dan, around here. I want to talk about like, uh, I would like to know more about it. What What are the issues you do have with his deaf representation that they have that they're going with in the show? It doesn't feel accurate. Okay. Um. So I know there's the deaf community is very diverse, and we have many different experiences. And from my experience, I am also a late deaf person. Same as this character, right? I'm obviously younger, so that, like, changes my perspective. But the way they're representing 
the hearing loss, especially with like the sound design, is not great. And many people just like didn't realize that that was what they were trying to do with the sound until he makes a comment about the hearing aid. Um, but the other thing is the dialogue was obviously like written by a hearing person and it doesn't it doesn't feel like comments that we would actually like make if that makes oh. sense like yeah. the way he's talking about his hearing loss and his experience with deafness just doesn't feel genuine and it's oh. awkward and it's stilted and it's just not fluid if that makes sense it it does and i um i want to get your thoughts more on echo later because i know you really liked echo because i'm not well versed in echo so um um yeah uh because i think you know with the phase four we got going on representation is obviously a bigger deal than obviously what it's been with the last three phases and i think obviously that's for the better you look at the last few shows they have marvel has made strides and improvements to make sure that all uh forms uh everybody is you know represented well and if I didn't even think about that while watching the show, um, his explanation of the deafness, I was like, oh, okay, I guess that would make sense, you know, if you've gotten a lot of explosions around you. But I didn't even think about it that way that it could have been, you know, a problem uh, for some viewers. So thank you um, yeah. for explaining that. Um, so the LARPing I thought was fun. <laughs> I did enjoy the LARPing, especially the part where he's like, and I fought Thanos. Yeah, I, in general, I enjoyed it, but it just felt a little bit too long. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit. I feel like it could have been a little bit snappier and it would have been amazing. But like in general, I, I really enjoyed that concept. Ruben, why could this not work in Central Park? <laughs> it's winter time. It's supposed to mm -hmm. be snowing. Coats. They're in a suit of armor. Anyway, I, I, I just don't. I feel like this should not have been a part of the plot at all. Like he should have just been um, a firefighter in New York, and he's in the fire, uh, the firehouse with the suit on, and he's trying to impress everybody. That that could have been it. It could have been two minutes, two minutes that we could have focused on this, but instead we got a whole thing about how clint is just tired and he's willing to do whatever it takes to get that suit back well i for me i think is when the guy's like this is like the greatest day of my life like uh, he got to quote unquote kill an avenger you know put that against hawkeye who's literally gone to the edge of the universe and you know fought all of these uh extraterrestrial beings and everything went back in time and you know this kid's LARPing day is the greatest day of his life. I thought I thought that was I thought it was fun. That could have been like a blooper. Yeah. During the credits, just show this. Okay. Evan, what do you think of the LARP? Uh, it was fine. I think Grills is a strong minor character name. Like if you if you have a character like this who's just popping in for a Grills, that's a good name you know don't don't make him jonathan or some shit you know grills like that's effective um 
from that, yeah, I agree with Sly. It dragged on just a little bit, but overall, and this is where Jeremy Renner not giving a shit I thought was perfect. It set the stage wonderfully. Does, has anyone here participated in a LARP? You comment on the accuracy of it? No shame. I've, I, I mean, I've been to some Renaissance fairs where they take it really seriously like that, and uh, kind of, yeah. Because I, I thought, like, isn't maybe I'm wrong, but isn't it like supposed to be very period accurate? Like this Ronin suit like, is not oh. even close. <laughs> how, how did he get through the gates? Maybe start it's Star Trek weekend. I think he's like a, a big name for the LARP. Really? Yeah. No, for the LARPing community. You know, he had his own, he, you know, special treatment for being for being a vet, but. What's that whole? No. It was the whole video thing where people were asking him, "Oh, when are you gonna get that new costume?" Like, boom, he's got it. Uh, yeah, he I, does. I do want to add something to the Jeremy Renner like acting thing. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the character. He, I, I feel like he is acting very well, and I think he's blurring the lines of how well he's acting you know like for me when i think of a, a great actor acting at his prime is leonardo dicaprio in wolf of wall street and i can't i to this day i still can't tell if leonardo dicaprio was not acting and playing his real self or playing the character you know i know like you know he has that instagram thing where he's a very humanitarian person but if you bump into Leonardo DiCaprio down in the street, you're, you're going to tell me he's not going to tell you to fuck off? <laughs> going to take a 22-year-old model out on a yacht? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. will. Yeah. So I, I think uh, Jeremy Renner is acting... You know, you we also have to uh, realize, like, he's been through a lot of shit in the past By couple... Jeremy of... Renner? No, well, Clint... <laughs> Clint, like the reason why he doesn't want to deal with any of this, like he just wants to go home. He's been through a lot of shit. He lost his best friend. He almost lost his family. He had that whole five-year period where he was going very dark. So, like, cut him some slack, guys. I was about to say, I would go that way, too, if my app got destroyed after I put so much time into it. Jeremy Renner app. That's what I was going to bring up when you said Jeremy Renner's had a rough past few years. Yeah, the Jeremy Renner app shut down. They yeah. don't show those Jeep commercials anymore right. with his single, with his LP. Yeah. yeah. Either way. Well, All yeah, right. he's over it. So, uh, obviously, we get in the episode to the part where, you know, Clint and Kate are teaming up together. Uh, I, I laughed really hard when she fell through the ceiling. I thought that was a funny guy. Like, where is Kate Bishop? Great. I'm like that. That was really good. I enjoyed that, um, and it just looks a lot of fun. So, what Can I want to talk get about in... the tracksuit bros. Oh my oh god! My god. So... I love them. They are my favorite part of the They're show. They're my favorite so characters. They're amazing. So perfect. Did you see the the picture from the premiere? They look so happy to be there. Did they wear I the tracksuits? To the premiere, <laughs> they did not. They wore suits. Oh. But... Sly, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. It's great. The tracksuit mafia is a real thing, and I think those guys are actually part of it. 
And maybe New York isn't so bad. We'll see. Yeah, I did like how he talked to Linda Carnelli about the tracksuit mafia. Like, oh, they're rough. Listen, she's got the. He's in open vault with her. Yeah. Um. So, last thing in these episodes, I want to talk about the introduction of Echo. And Sly, I would like you to take over a little bit right here because obviously it's the, you are the most excited about all of like right of the four of us right now i mentioned echo and you start dancing I would so be right back where where do you think we're going with her because like i said i don't know much about her so if you could just uh instruct the class of yeah. where could we go with this character there's so many options so echo if you don't know it her character is her dad was an indigenous uh man who worked for kingpin and kingpin had him killed um anyways and then kind of like adopted her or whatever so she worked under kingpin for a while so there's a chance to maybe see him in this i don't know uh, but also later, I think in New Avengers, uh, you see Echo actually takes on Ronan. So there's a very real possibility of seeing that develop soon. Which, what are her abilities again? She's kind of like a taskmaster, and okay. she can copy abilities, seeing something once, and she can pick it up. Okay. becomes an expert at like piano and um other instruments i think but um also copying fighting styles um she's typically from daredevil comics um but yeah she's really interesting character and obviously they must like the direction this character goes because they picked up a, a whole series for her which is crazy like for a character we know nothing about, we are here's a here's a show for her because I, obviously like I know Ironheart and all the new stuff coming out, but Echo's like I know nothing about, and she's getting a show. Okay, all right, we'll see how this goes. Um, you did mention Kingpin, really and there are rumors that Kingpin is showing up in the show or the MCU equivalent of. I don't know if it's going to be Vincent, but apparently Kingpin is showing up in the show. I could see that. I also think we're. Uh, possibly going to see uh, Madame Mask with okay. a relation with um, Kate's mother. Uh, so huh. we could see that. And so those are the two that I'm kind of thinking about for like the main like villains for this. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right. Um, final question I have for y'all. How do these opening episodes stack up with the other Disney Plus shows we've had so far? Uh, Evan, I'm going to start with you. Um, I like it because I think this one ha had a lot more. The other shows were mostly in the first episodes characters we already knew, where this one, the introduction of Kate Bishop, makes it feel very fresh. Even though like we still have Jeremy Renner, who we've known for lots of movies, Kate Bishop, one of the other shows... The first episodes, except for Owen Wilson and Loki, but he still isn't really a protagonist, where Kate Bishop is 
of the two protagonists here, I thought that made it pretty strong, where it did feel like it, it, this is 50% an origin story. So I thought that made it pretty good. Um, I have no idea how to rank the opening episodes, but I would say this is near the top of the ones we've gotten so far. Spy, what, what do you think? Well, how does this stack up with the other Disney Plus shows? It's interesting because I have a very different perspective with WandaVision being kind of like my introduction for Marvel in general. So I watched that knowing almost nothing about those characters. Um, so it feels very much like that for me. Um, uh, but comparing, I typically prefer the more... Uh, grounded stories compared to the more magic stories so i'm really enjoying this like i really enjoyed falcon and the winter soldier um but i'm i'm excited to see how it progresses that, that's it. so you're fairly new to the mcu yes so it's just this <laughs> yes, year's your first year okay all right um uh Oh my god, I lost my train of thought. Ruben, <laughs> tell me, answer the question. <laughs> Where does it stack up for the other ones for you? So, uh, I think we have to separate uh, the MCU shows already. Like, the, mm -hmm. this is the fourth one, and we already have to separate the different, uh, I guess, factors. One is the well, where the fuck does this go from here factor. And mm -hmm. the other one is like, okay, this is some cool shit. I'll see how this story goes. So obviously, for me, I'm going to put Captain uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, with Hawkeye in the same. Like, okay, cool, cool shit. Um, I'm gonna. I I'm very interested to see where it goes. I think I kind of already know where the story is leading to, without having read the Fraction comics. Um, we can get into that a little after. I have an updated theory, Eric. Okay. So that you put here on the dock. Yes. Do you want to talk about it? Uh, we can we we can get after that. Well, after everybody else goes. Uh, it's just me left, so then they, they went. Yeah, I I still think Loki is still my favorite pilot or like first episode of all the shows. Uh, but this is this one's really strong. Um, so a good strong showing for Hawkeye, I think. So Ruben, tell us about these theories you have. So uh, we kind of already like touched with uh, uh, the kingpin aspect, the rumors. Uh, somebody had put out that the Avengers Tower. You know how we've all been rumor uh, suggesting that Fantastic Four has bought it for Baxter Ta uh, for the Baxter Building. What if Wilson Fisk bought it for Fisk Tower? He's got the money. He's got the money and the power. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, the little theory I have here going so far at, uh, from these two episodes for where the show's headed, I already feel like I know Kate's mom is the head of the black market auction. Like she's essentially, you know, pulling the strings from behind the curtain. That's why we see that interaction with her and Armand the third, like uh, him getting upset and Kate trying to figure out what the hell is happening. And she's just like, I have no idea. He's just, an old upset man. Can I, a, a quick tangent? Yeah. My life goal is for monogrammed 
candy. Yeah. Mm. Like, that's all I want in my life now. Like, if I can, like, achieve that, my life will be perfect. <laughs> I'm glad that you brought that up, uh, Sly, because... <laughs> Also, like, Kate's jumping the gun here. Like, this guy is, uh, her stepfather is related to, well, soon to be stepfather, is related to Hamran Third, if I remember correctly. Right? That's, that's, it's, yeah. that's his uncle, I think. I why wouldn't uncle, he, why uh, wouldn't he have, why wouldn't he have the, the, the monogram candy every time he visits the house, you know? It's butterscotch. Who doesn't love butterscotch? Uh, share my theory about the butterscotch. Go for it. So, I I picked this up on the second time watching, and maybe this is what they want us to think. I'm just dumb for thinking I'm smart for figuring it out. But either way, they have that fencing scene, right? Yeah. Where ends, where Kate basically gets him to reveal that he was lying. He he is a really skilled fencer, and was pretending about it, and immediately after that offers her the butterscotch and she like freaks out because she's like oh that was at armand's house where he was killed right and didn't they say that armand was stabbed say that or yeah yeah like remember jack stole the ronin sword from the thing a little obvious what i was thinking on the second time is like this jack basically doing what kate did to him where he's like if she recognizes the butterscotch then that tells me that oh. she knows yeah. that what's his face was killed. Interesting. That's what that's the second time I rewatched it today My... for the show, and I thought about that. I'm like, is this yeah. did he do that on purpose? Because I'm like I, I was thinking the first time he's telegraphing all his moves. This is the most evil acting dude I've ever seen. Right. But that I thought was that intentional for him to realize that this is the Ronin right here. My theory was that they were trying to set up the swordsman as who killed Armand mm -hmm. as a misdirect, and it would actually be her mom. Yeah. So that was my theory. Yes, that's also. But I could see that he was trying to see if Kate knew something she wasn't saying. Right. That's interesting. And I if, like that. If I remember correctly, his facial expression is like he's smiling and he's like, interested to see what like she's yeah. yeah she he's smirking but he's interested <laughs> to see what the look on her face is because her the look on her face is like holy shit yeah so you might be onto something evan you might be onto something i I've, i can't not trust the guy with that kind of mustache i mean like he's done nothing wrong that's a quality mustache he has all the more reason to not trust him i've i mean he's got everything else if he had just the mustache and obviously like dick dastardly had just the mustache, Reuben, but he's got the full thing going on. So it's like, oh, I've trusted dudes in this universe with the goatee before. So I mean, obviously, what can go wrong here? Look where that left um, So um, that is all the questions I have for this. So we are going to be going into plugs. So first off, I want to thank you guys, everyone on this show, for joining us this evening. Slide, thank you so much for coming out. Thank you. Thank you so much. I cannot wait to continue listening to MT University. It's it's so fun. You and Mario have just such such a great time. Like it's it's easily yeah. Like, yeah it's so it's so great. So it's, I wish you all the success. I wish y'all all the success with that. It's so much fun. Thank you. It's been uh, so much fun to make. 
I, I'm ready for Ghost Rider. I think that's what <sighs> I'm most excited for is to see what y'all think of Ghost Rider because uh, Nicolas Cage gives a perfect performance in that movie. But it's neither here nor there. So Evan, thank you for coming out as well. I've been trying to get on the show for a while. Glad to finally have you. So time for plugs. So Sly, what would you like to plug for everyone out there? Me first? Yes. Oh, gosh. What would you like to plug? Uh, <laughs> so if you want more Marvel thoughts from me, you can obviously find me on Point in Progress uh, for MC University with Mario. Uh, that's been awesome. Uh, this Friday, I think it'll be like five Pacific. We're doing a special um, extra credit episode talking about the first three episodes for Hawkeye. And you can also find me on Stark Radio every week. Um, and for that, we're doing the Hawkeye after party. And that is with Liz, Alexis, and Marissa. And we're having so much fun with that. So you can follow that to see more of my Hawkeye thoughts going forward. Definitely going to check that out. Uh, Evan, what you got to plug? Um. I don't do much content like this about MCU or Marvel, but on my Twitter account, you'll occasionally see me talk about stuff in between rants about Louisiana sports teams. Um, one thing I just want to plug real quick is this company I'm working for, for called Tiger Air. If you work at a job where you have to wear a hard hat, what Tiger Air is doing is making tiny little fans that go inside it and blow air on you to keep you cool during the day. That's pretty cool. Um, it's a startup I've been with for about a year. We're doing some pretty awesome stuff. We're do, we have it for football helmets, too. That's a much smaller market. But if you play football, go ahead and buy it. But um, you can find uh, the company in my Twitter bio. Um, and my Twitter is on the screen here. So you can do that. Check out our website. And we should be selling those real soon. So that's what I've got going on. Ruben, what you got? That's a very good question, Eric. I wasn't prepared for this. I thought you were going to go first. Um, you could find me at that guy Tuesday on Twitter and Instagram, if I remember correctly. Um, you know, December is going to be a busy, busy month. You know, we got Spider-Man. We got some other stuff happening in my personal life. We got my birthday that week of Spider-Man. Oh, my God. It's going to be great. Guys, I'm real time personal going on, not really going off of the channel or anything. Ruben, like, ah, right, this is what I got going on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. well, you know, I got it. you asked me what am I plugging, <laughs> so I'm telling you what I'm plugging. I'm plugging my life. Yeah, it is. my life. Come join it. You know, <laughs> get a front row seat. <laughs> um, but no, uh, we, we are. I have some stuff planned for uh, the end of the year. I I want to kind of do like a holiday party if possible. Mm. I don't know how that would work, but I could f probably figure something out. Maybe in include that Mario Party holiday stream. You know, we'll see what happens with that. That sounds like a good time. Yeah. On to you, Eric. Where could people find uh, I am Eric C. Ginn on Twitter. Um, find me. I'll tweet about literally anything, kind of. Sports, MCU, video games, all that stuff. Baby pictures, all that Ruby has grown an inch, Ruben. Wow. She's grown an inch. 
and she's 12 pounds now. So she is an absolute unit. What was she before the 12 pounds? Uh, the last time... No, you're not supposed we, to ask the lady. Her, last time we weighed her, she was, uh, I think, 10, 3. So the doc is very impressed with her weight gain. Okay. Uh, and her favorite thing to do is to headbang into her own spit up. So that's <laughs> that's what we got going on right now. Okay. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> As always, everyone, thank you for coming out onto the show and watching the show with us. We'll see you next week as we discuss. Actually, it's a bit of a weird one right now, Ruben, because we're trying to figure out this whole thing where how can we you know, do the two Spider-Man MCU movies before No Way Home. It's a whole ordeal. Make sure to follow us on Penultimate Conquest for more news about that. But until next week, I got one thing to say to you. Excelsior. <laughs>